Hey, you all, we had to take a quick break to get some things straight around here. So we're just back. We're going to pick up kind of where we left off, see how the conversation goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, before the break, we were talking about um, what education looks like, particularly special education for um, Black black children, um, especially in, in Iowa. You yeah. can't really even negate that fact um, that we live in a predominantly white, uh, white state. I'll say um, in my situation, I've been able to view this from two two perspectives. Uh -huh. First perspective is from my son, who I knew would always, you know, would have an IEP, would be in special education. And so that kind of, you know, was not in question. Uh -huh. It was more of how do we make sure that he's getting the best education that he deserves because at the end of the day, he deserves quality just like his peers. Right. And then I've also had the opportunity to um, be in that space with his twin sister uh -huh. who is quote unquote normally developing. Uh -huh. And so I have the um, opportunity to view just how unrealistic expectations may be on our kids, especially when they're in predominantly white schools. Um, so even though we started this talking about my son, uh -huh. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna talk about my daughter. Okay. So um, with my daughter, she goes to the school district in which we live in. Uh -huh. And I really struggled this past year with her teacher. And it was because her teacher really seemed to have some cultural biases that I just didn't appreciate. Um, Ooh, right? Right. And so the first time I hear from her teacher throughout the school year is in regards to an incident that took place with my daughter and another student. Mm -hmm. um, she sends home a note and this uh, note describes my daughter as exhibiting ex aggressive behavior. And, you know, you just met her. Doesn't seem aggressive at all. <laughs> uh, not to be biased. <laughs> She's not. That's not a that's not a descriptor that I would use for my child. Um, like ever? Not ever. Okay. Not ever. Now, if I was, if somebody sent that note home with my son. It'd be a different story. Right. Like, see it a little bit. Exactly. Okay. I would still want to know what the story is, but I wouldn't be like, huh? Because that's his personality. Okay. Um. So first thing I, I did was I emailed the teacher and I wanted her to recognize that I saw the note. Mm -hmm. I wanted to let her know that my daughter has a support system. Mm -hmm. And not only does she have a support system, that she has a parent that is well-educated, mm -hmm. that she has a parent that is going to be her champion in everything and advocate for her. And not just advocate for her, even if she's wrong. I'm going to advocate and discipline my child as I see fit. Okay. So I asked for more information about the incident. She sends me um, an email back and tells me what the incident was. And really what the incident was, my daughter was trying to get to something. She slightly shoves the child to the side and says, I'm sorry. She was just kind of in a hurry. Uh -huh. This is the um, this is the aggressive behavior. At, she's seven? At the six? time, she was six. Oh, okay. She was six. She was trying to get to a book. That's um, not remotely aggressive. That's an excited six-year-old. They're clumsy. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and I even, I really begged the question. I'm like, did she really shove her? Or did she was just in a hurry and she just kind of like, like trying to get to her book? Mm -hmm. And, and they're cute. She was excited to get to a book at that. Right, right. And it's like, okay. So I told her, I told the teacher, I'll talk to Tiana, make sure that she's not, you know, doing anything that's disrespectful to her peers and to keep her hands to herself so that 
you know, we won't have this issue again. I took that opportunity to ask her teacher how Tiana was performing academically. Mm -hmm. Mind you, this is the first time I'm really having any interaction with her teacher. It's about the second month of school, about October. School started in August. And so I get an email back. I get this whole dissertation about all of these concerns that she has about my daughter's performance academically. Wow. Right. So these are magical concerns <laughs> or like how did this all of a sudden come about? Girl, I'm like, your first communication with me was about my child's behavior. Not her academic, which is what she's there for. Right. It wasn't about, you know, her performance. You didn't take the time. You took the time to write this pink slip, but you didn't take the time to connect with me and tell me that she's performing, you know, in a way that you had concerns about. Were you going to wait until November during parent-teacher conferences to let me know? So that was the first instance that just, like, Nothing. And, um, and that was my first instance in which, you know, I was like, okay, she's going to be a problem. You ever just yeah. met somebody new, like, yeah, this one's going to be difficult? Yeah. Yeah, this teacher, yeah, definitely have, especially here. And yeah, and it was a completely different scenario with her kindergarten teacher. Her kindergarten teacher was a dream. Aww. She was so nice. Like, her kindergarten teacher even came to my graduation party. Wow. Yes, she was just that she was just that nice of a woman. Wow. And we get to this we get to <laughs> this lady. I'm like Was this lady one of the like stereotypical Iowa teachers from a small town fresh out of school or was she yep. seasoned teacher? Nope. She's probably younger than I am. Okay. Um freshly married, went to a small school, went to UNI, so that didn't help at well, okay. all. Um, for those that don't know, you and I is the University of Northern Iowa, and it's, it's predominantly white. Right, predominantly white. It's no cultural competency needed. None. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, she doesn't have, in my opinion, she probably didn't have much um, experience with children of color. Mm -hmm. So, fast forward to towards the end of the year, not the end of the year, around spring break. I'm starting to get um, emails from the school saying that they want to do benchmark test tests on my daughter. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in my head, I'm kind of like, Yo, well, you knew this in October that she was struggling. Why didn't you start this then? But, you know, they're the professionals. They're the ones that are doing it. So I kind of go with the flow. 90 days pass after they start the assessment. I think that's the time frame that they have to complete all the assessments mm -hmm. and make an analysis. And they set a meeting with me a few days before the end of school. I'm getting phone calls from the school. Um, the day when we set up a meeting, the day before the meeting, I'm emailed um, some, some of the test results to kind of give me a chance, less than 24 hours to explore what these test results say oh because that's plenty of time right exactly okay because that's what i do on sunday is check my email and check my daughter's test work okay. like if y'all could hear the sarcasm that's <laughs> definitely what that was <laughs> <laughs> so i get to the meeting on sunday or on monday excuse me and i'm really just thinking okay they're going to explain to me what you know what they see here and tell me a plan you know, how they plan on her second grade year going and things along those lines. When I tell y'all I was wrong, wrong, I was wrong. I get to the meeting. They spend about 10 minutes on the areas that they tested, what the results were. And now they're talking about, 
well, you know, as her mom, you have the you have the right to um, get her on an IEP, and then we'll make sure that she's in special education next year so that she's getting the services that she needs. Wait. As your mom, you have the right to get her on an IEP, but as your mom, you also have other rights that should have been included in that same sentence, one. And then two, if she was in need of special education, wouldn't it have been better for them to start having these conversations with you as they saw it? Like, if she was showing signs of needing special education, I'm sure it didn't happen in those last 90 days. It, it sure didn't. It, it sure didn't. Um, and that's one thing that I expressed is, is that, you know, this should have been addressed at the beginning of school. The moment. In the middle, maybe, even. Like, right. geez. <laughs> you get to towards the end of school, and now you want to tell me all this stuff. And to make it worse, they're trying to shove paperwork in my face now, getting me to sign things to set up an IEP meeting no. to get her on an um, IEP. For those that don't know, an IEP is an individualized education plan. And that's something that's created for students that um, are, you know, have special needs um, or that are in special education. And within the IEP, they set goals and things along those lines for the students. Um, so I went from thinking that I'm at a meeting to, to discuss, you know, how my daughter performed, what the plan is for next year, to finding out that you're recommending special ed for my daughter. With no prior warnings, no prior concern, other than that long laundry list that she gave you after a possible aggressive incident. Right, right. Which she would not have told me about had I not asked. She would mm -hmm. have told me about all of her concerns. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tell them, I can't sign this right now. I need to go over with my family. Um, I, I'm very tight-knit with my family. Even though I'm a single mother, I have a great village. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't make any decisions without consulting those that care about my kids. Nice. And yeah. So the the one lady that was there um, that's in charge of the special education programming, I could sense her agitation because it's the end of school. They need to get this IEP on the books before school ends because they're trying to go on their vacation. Oh. Da, 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 and I could care less. <laughs> I'm not signing it. So I let them know. Um, you know, in about 24 hours, I'll get a chance to talk over with this about you know with my mom. And we're going to make a decision. Mm -hmm. Girl, she didn't give me 24 hours. She called me in like 18 hours. No. Have you had an opportunity to um, decide what you're going to do? We really need to set up the date for the IEP and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, here's where my advocacy comes in. And this is why I'm doing what I do now. Mm -hmm. um, and I really want parents to recognize that, one, you don't have to sign a damn thing when it comes to, you know, these teachers telling you what you know for you know your child first. Right. And I will always encourage anybody, first off, never go to these meetings alone. I'll never I make had that. to learn that the hard way. Yes. Yes. And one thing that I really want to get into is I want to create a, an organization, a space where parents can have somebody to call and say, hey, I just need you to come with me to this IEP meeting That's beautiful. and ask these questions that I may not be strong enough to ask right. right now because they will put you in a corner and act like you don't know what your child They'll needs. guilt trip you. They'll, they'll fear, they'll fear, like beat you into being 
fearful of whatever it is they're trying to get you to do. And usually whenever you go to these meetings, like you were saying, don't go alone. It's usually at least three of them. It's the teacher, it's the principal, and it's some other something with a specialty with alphabets after their name. Right. And you're coming in blindsided, clearly blindsided. Yes, yes. And I I mean, to my defense, I had gone through this with my son, you know. Yeah. But I wasn't I didn't know that that's what that was the goal that they had for my daughter. I didn't know that that's what they thought was about to happen is that we're going to put her in special education. We're going to put her in the back of the building with the other kids that we isolate. It's modern day Jim Crow. So do you think that the other kids, or did you notice that the other kids in the, in the special education at that school were kids of color? Yes. It was, was it more kids of color than not in that? And that's, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it, you're, you're dead on. So I don't know the exact percentages. Obviously I know that students of color make up less than, right. student, than white students at the school. But as I reviewed the statistics for Iowa, there's less black students in Iowa, but they make up about 54% of all students that are in special education. Absurd. Exactly. Absurd. <sighs> Unless there's something in the water here. Exactly. There's no way that a majority of our students should be qualifying in special education. It can't be the students. It's got to be something else. It, it's got to be something else. And it's just those cultural differences that they don't understand. I kid you not. Her teacher sent me an email one day because I started asking her to send me weekly updates about mm -hmm. my child since she had a long laundry list of things that she said mm -hmm. was wrong. And in one of these instances, she's sending me an update and she tell it Tiana was like the star of the week or something. So it's oh, kind of like where you get to um, it's like show and tell. Okay. And she used to tell about her family and things along those lines. And so, you know. Culturally, she calls her auntie TT. Yeah, okay. That, that's our thing, you know. That's what she calls her auntie, and so she's showing pictures of her TT, and she's you know giving descriptions. And another student asks, "Who is TT?" And so to Tiana, she's just like, "This is TT." Oh, she you just know, points at the picture, she, right? She points at the picture, yeah. and so. The student's really trying to figure out, well, what is TT to you? Like, is this, you know, your uh, who is this person that you keep talking about? So it's almost about? like a foreign language at this point. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But All it's right. not only a foreign language to the students. It's a foreign language to the teacher. The teacher didn't catch on? She did not She didn't have any context clues to figure out that TT was auntie? And so let me explain. Me and my sister look identical. If you've seen her, you've seen me. <laughs> if you've seen me, you've seen her. I'm a little bit thicker than she is, but we look alike. So mm -hmm. if you are looking at this, you definitely know that we're related. And so she explains to me in this email, this scenario, and she was like, well, Tiana really wouldn't pinpoint what TT was. And I'm like, well, she did. If you asked her what, you know, who is TT? And she said, well, this is TT to her. She answered the question. question. She, right. she legit answered the question. She doesn't know that you don't understand you know, like her language and she's and she's speaking English, so it really doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. Exactly. Exactly. There's that part. I'm just like, are you telling me that of all the things that you could have updated me on, this is what you choose. choose? You're updating me because she used this as an opportunity to say, well, Tiana doesn't understand questions that are being asked of her. Girl, bye. And I'm like, no, you don't understand the story she told because she <laughs> right. didn't understand the language that she was using. You have no cultural, you know, uh, reference. 
Girl, I was just like, you, I know you were sitting at your computer. You could have went straight to Urban Dictionary <laughs> or something, Googling what, something. Right, what is TT? <laughs> like, so it was instances like that, you know, that you're just like, wow. You, they're, they're pinpointing our kids mm-hmm. because they don't understand what our kids are going through. But know? that wasn't even like... That shouldn't that should have never been an issue, honestly. Nah. Because there was no trauma. There was no you know, some of these other things that they try to say, well, that's definitely black kids' life. Like there was no poverty. There was she called her auntie a TT. Like her teacher should have been able to put two and two together. Girl, when I say like as a parent and and I'm telling you guys this story just as clear because it actually it happened as a parent. How do you tell me that this is a valid concern? It's me, not. I would have disregarded her altogether. Right. My concern would have now been at the teacher. Like, do you comprehend it well enough to be teaching? I, and I really I had to really hone in on my response to her. I think that may have been an email that I ignored, that oh. I just didn't respond okay. to. Okay, because sometimes um, our peace of mind comes in ignoring. Yes, and, <laughs> you know, I... We can't always yes. fight each battle. Can, cannot, and sometimes if you read an email, I'm trying to tell you, email gangster is not okay. Because <laughs> um, I'm just like, is this a thing? Are you serious? I even had to like check myself in turn. I asked my mom to be my accountability. Mm-hmm. I was like, mom, tell me if I'm taking this wrong. Mm-hmm. And I will often send her the emails that I'm getting from her teacher and say, mommy, am I tripping? Mm-hmm. And you know, me and her, we would look at them and we're like, no, we're not, we're not tripping. She's crazy. Like she's just not getting it. Oh my gosh. That is so sad. Yep. So with that being said, like, you know that you or your child is walking into an environment that's already not going to understand her um, or him. Do you make other choices for yourself and for your kids to try to assimilate somewhat so they won't be so off-put? Like when you're deciding her hairstyles, when you're deciding your hairstyles, when you're deciding your son's or his clothes, what are some of the things that you have to choose? And then how does that come into play, especially with you parenting two children with two different needs? Sure, sure. So, you know, I definitely, it's always important for me um, to make sure that my kids go to school presentable. Okay. Um, I will risk being late if it means that I need to take an extra 10 minutes to just make sure that my daughter is not going to school with her hair not looking presentable. I've had to make decisions in terms with her hair. So she, I get her hair braided quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to add volume to it, I have extension braids put in it. But I have to be mindful. I tell her stylist, and like, you know, don't make it too much longer than what her hair is. Okay. And it's because once she gets to school, if she has braids one day and then she takes the, I made a mistake one time, she her braids were a little bit longer, mm-hmm. took the braids out. And a student, you know, made a comment like, you cut your hair. And, you know, there's been several times I've witnessed this going to school. One student, I went to go eat lunch with my daughter one day. One student came up to me and she said, why do you do that to Tiana's hair? And Tiana With the negative connotation and everything? So, yeah, with the negative connotation, she said, so my daughter's hair was in like two puff balls. Mm -hmm. It's natural. And she was like, why don't you straighten it? I'm like, 
<laughs> if you don't, you about to go to time out, little girl. If you don't get this kid away from me, I, I just and I took an opportunity. I said, "This is how her hair grows out of her head." Okay, I'm not gonna alter it, and so I just right. left it at that. Again, I went to lunch with my daughter. Um, I had a teacher come up to me and just flat out asked me a teacher. She's like, "I just love Tiana's hair. How do you do that?" And blah blah blah. I was just like. What do you mean? In 2019, 18, you don't know what a braid is. Right? You don't know what a black girl's hair looks looks like? like, It's frustrating. It is very frustrating. I'm just like, what do you mean by this question? How do I do that? I braid it. Or somebody (laughs) else. I take three sections. I'm like, I can't really. There's no you know, transcript to give you step-by-step instructions on right. how to braid. But furthermore, but why are you asking? Because it's, you're not going to braid her hair. It's a like, conversation starter. No, ma'am. Um, they, I, I feel like our hair is such a conversation starter. And I think that white people make it so awkward. I'm like, in my head, hello works. Right? How are, are you? you? Yeah. Are you, I mean, the simple, normal the, stuff. stuff. You know, why How's is lunch? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but not hello. Oh my goodness, your hair. It How? So then we have my son. So, you know, to look at my son, he does not look like he has special needs. Okay. Right? You don't really notice it until he's, you know, bouncing around. And you spend about maybe five, ten minutes with him. But to look at him, he doesn't look like he has any special needs. And so I always have to be mindful of that fact is that, you know, right now he's a cute seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. But ten years from now, he's going to be, a, you know, an 18-year-old man. Mm-hmm. And I have to, you know, make sure that the world is going to see him as a black man first. Mm-hmm. They're going to notice mm-hmm. his disability later mm-hmm. usually after a police officer that shot him that's when they <laughs> might figure it out. it out oh you know then I, then the headlines like you know police officer shot man with autism mm-hmm. so with his hair um i keep his hair sh- cut short um getting a haircut from him is really difficult okay um 